Hello, welcome to the show, episode 17 of the podcast with Ben Maudsley and David Wetnall. Merry Christmas and hello. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, I'm alright. Did you have oh, a lovely festive time? I did. I've got some snooker presents, which I'll talk about later. Oh. But first up, I mean, there's been a lot of snooker on the telly at the moment. Yeah. But uh, what I wanted to talk about was, I went on our Twitter page last mm. week, and I noticed that a man called Earl Strickland followed us. Oh, yeah. Does that name ring a bell at all? No, but it makes me think of... What? No. (laughs) Okay. Makes me think of nothing. Well, he's like, regarded as like the best pool player of all time. He's like a genius. Um, And I didn't know much about him really, so I watched a little like YouTube documentary. And he is just like an absolute sort of abhorrent kind of bog brain... (laughs) Toss back. He's horrible. Bug brain toss back. <laughs> so I thought I'm gonna. I might even block him from Twitter because he's oh. so nasty. This is. This is definitely him. Oh not yeah, it's like him. A yeah. Fake account. No, no, it's definitely him. But um, just to give you an example, after pretty much every sort of game he's played, he does like a little interview and he just yeah. sh- shoots his mouth off. Like, have a listen to this. You know, I enjoy playing pool and I want to win. You want to see some real pool and you want to see guys shit on themselves. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to say the same, but sometimes L is. But um, no, congrats- you're wrong. You're wrong. I see Tiger Woods curse on TV. Don't don't yeah. condemn me. I, I I wouldn't dream of it. Don't but I'm just thinking about. Me. There's I, a lot of sports people that I'm curse, just, and you're not condemning them. Don't. Condemn I'm just me. thinking about young viewers. Yeah. So it's like that pretty much all the time. And I thought I don't want him following us. Here's a bog brain toss bag. A bog brain toss bag. Here's a bog brain toss bag. That was what Graham Dot thinks of him. <laughs> so don't condemn me. You want to see me pool on myself? You want to see me poo on a pool table? I poo on a pool table. I always think um, it's a pool pool table. Some reason in my mind when I hear someone say punt, I think of taking a dump. Punt? Yeah, I don't know why. So then oh. it's like, oh, they're gonna take a punt on me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a punt on it. <laughs> yeah. When you know, in my days at Cambridge, I would often go for a punt in the river. <laughs> It always makes me laugh when I see people going, oh, like, they really took a punt on me. Oh, take a punt. Bend over. You can take a punt. <laughs> anyway, get on to some snooker. Yeah. I was watching the uh, Shanghai Masters. Oh, I. And uh, noticed Luca Brussel. He had, like, a really tight shirt on. Yeah. And a quite a loose... Um, loose. Wa- waistcoat. <laughs> and, like, winkle picker shoes. Right. And yeah. I thought, like, normally he's Mr. Cool. He's, like, yeah. smart dress, you know. He's a dapper gent. But um, all was revealed in his post-match interview. Take a listen to this. Okay. I miss all my chances and, yeah, happy with the win. I think it's even better considering that you've not only just come off a flight, but you've also, you're also wearing someone else's clothes. Just just tell us a full story about what happened today. Yeah, uh, I landed at, uh, I think, 4 o'clock. And, um, yeah, I took the wrong bag off the belt. Uh, it was exactly the same as mine. But I only realised that maybe 6.15 tonight that it wasn't my bag, so <laughs> so I had to borrow Michael White's clothes. Uh, so yeah, crazy story, but yeah, luckily I could, I could still play. Wasn't the case as well that actually when you opened the case it was the same password on the lock, is that right? Yeah, funny enough it was the same password, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. So, so whose clothes are you wearing now? Michael White's, I think you're borrowing Tournament Director's shirt as well, aren't you? Uh, I think so, I, I don't know actually. Uh, the shoes are, are from, uh, actually borrowed the guy's shoes. <laughs> Um, the case, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, a bit of a, a bit of a mix. <laughs> and you've had a bit of a bad luck. Yeah, I'm not think you're allowed to sort of take if you take the wrong case off the carousel. 
Yeah. You just keep it as it is. Don't go rifling for it for Well, shoes. yeah, I mean, that's what I thought was the funniest. <laughs> he was like, oh, I need to borrow some clothes. He's got a shirt, he's got a waistcoat, he's got some trousers or something, and he's like, I'll just have them shoes out the back. <laughs> <laughs> You'd feel bad for taking it. It was your mistake. Yeah. And then I just take his shoes. I'll just wear the shoes. I'll put them back later. Oh, I do not care. He's not French, he's Belgian. He sounds French. He sounds bloody French to they me. Speak, they speak French. Not all of them. He does. Some of them speak Flemish. <laughs> oh well, I have uh, I lost my case, but uh, I got to play snooker later. I need to. Uh, hey you, let me your shirt. I need to play snooker. I need a baggy shirt, a tight waistcoat, and uh, these shoes will do from the case. They're not the right size. But I will wear them anyway. <laughs> Sounded like Kyoku Piat. These shoes. From the case. <laughs> From the case. I will solve the case using these shoes. When I was a kid, I used like, my mum would occasionally send stuff to a French polisher, like a table or something. Yeah. And I used to think he was, actu- he was actually French. Ah, uh, Mrs. Maudsley, send me your table. I am the French polisher. I'll give it a nice polish for you. <laughs> Is that what you thought? Yeah, because you never actually met him. She just I dropped. am Jean-Claude, the Punisher. <laughs> so, yeah, um, my tweet about bringing back Willie Fawn and JV gained some traction. Did it go viral, mate? Well, it had the most kind of retweets and likes of any sort of tweet. Of any tweet? Of any ever. tweet I've put on okay. there. But uh, remains to be seen whether he'll be reinstated. But mm. you'd think his best mate, Gary Lineker, would have some sway. It's a bit of sway. A big BBC. Damn the beeb. Down of, at the big British castle. Bit of clout. Um, Get your clout out, Gary. <laughs> Show us your clout, Gary. Swing your clout about. But, um... Yeah, well, you know, I'm sure he's doing his best for him. But JV's bet for the uh, Masters and the World, but no willy. No, Willie. But we'll see. We'll keep, um, we'll is he on. definitely not back for the Worlds, Willie? Has that been confirmed? Yes. Yes. You sure? Yes. But he could always be reinstated. He's, you know. Yeah, I fr- mean, he's doing the Welsh Open. Yeah, you freelance, aren't they? Maybe that's like a job interview. The, the Maybe Open. if he does, if he nails it at the Welsh Open, yeah, then no, uh, doesn't swear. <laughs> Let's talk about the Irish Open going way back. Um, the Irish Open. Yeah, some, go on then. Some talking points during the Irish Open. Well, Ronnie was uh, playing so fast that the referee couldn't keep up the lady. And do you, yeah. she was slipping over all the time. And, it, and he had a, like a, a bit of a laugh of her. Yeah. I think she should be issued with a Segway. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. She could go around the table on a Segway. Or roller skates. Or roller skates. No good on carpet, though, are they? Roller skates. No. Um. I know that from when I was a kid. Get a set of roller skates, try them in the living room. No good. Yeah, it's a problem with living in a flat, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, another thing at the Irish Open was Judd Trump had a bit of a meltdown. Right. So he was playing Stuart Carrington. Yeah. And uh, he got a bit behind. I think Carrington needed one more frame. Yeah. And Judd got in, missed the ball, and then just smashed all the reds up. And conceded. Oh uh, yeah, I did see that. And like, didn't do any press or anything. A lot of people were kind of like, "It's bad, isn't it?" Saying it's really bad. He needs but... to. He needs to stop this because 
those to- smaller tournaments, anything can happen. It's a toss of a coin. Loads yeah, yeah. of loads of top players get knocked out early rounds. Yeah, if you get yeah. a bit behind, there's no scope for a comeback, and you need to accept that. Yeah, it's, got, yeah. it's an ego thing with him, isn't it? I think it must be, and I think I think it's probably a bit of ego, but also I can I imagine he gets very frustrated because he knows he's better than most of those players. Yes, he knows that uh, in terms of the amount of talent he's got, he, he should be able to beat those players. As he's come into like his top form, the the quality of the whole of the tour has yeah, gone up, and yeah. he's just getting frustrated. Yeah, but I mean, the only thing he can do is look at himself and go like, if it's true that he's better than the other players in terms of natural talent, what is he doing wrong that the other players aren't doing? Because he should be able to, he should be able to win those games consistently. Yes. Um, and it's either it's either something to do with his tactics or to do with his preparation or something like that. Um. I mean, I think he has always struggled with that the mental side of the side. game, which is like, well, the mental side, but also the side of the game where you've got to show a bit of restraint. You can't just go for mad shots all the time. Yeah. I think when he's behind, he's got more of a tendency to do that. He'll take on every long pot. You know, it's less than 50%. He'll take on pots at 25%. Yeah. It's like, well, you're going to miss those three out of four times. Like, um, At least it's exciting to watch, I suppose. Yeah. You need those kind of players. You but- do, but... Right, well, if I can't win, I don't. I don't want to play anymore. I'm going to smash up all the balls. I don't want anyone to put them back. Okay, right. I'm going to smash them up now, and I'm going home. Do you have a Burger King? It must be difficult because all these tournaments are played in cities. You're never probably more than a hundred yards away from a Burger King. Are you? Yeah, no, and when he walks past one, he has to have one. Well, once you got the badge, it's... well, it's it, it's actually. I read this on the internet. It's actually a term of his contract with Burger King. He has to that whenever he walks past the Burger King, he has to get in and ask for a Whopper. <laughs> Give me another Whopper. <laughs> Jack, you're going to have to eat this one. <laughs> Give it to my best friend, Jack Lazowski. This, this interested me. So a few days later, obviously, um, it had annoyed him. And he did this interview. And I think this is complete nonsense, what he said. But he said... Yeah. Uh, for me, I do like snooker, but I don't love it with that passion. I find it hard to practice three or four hours a day, and they are doing six or seven hours a day. I wish I had the dedication of Selby, but I don't have it, so I can't regret anything. The stress every day would be too much. I just don't think I fit into that character. Obviously, I want to win the big tournaments. I would hate to look back and have not won them. I also think for me there's something about reaching a certain level rather than getting a certain number of wins. My aim is to raise the standard, to blast away the field and show you are a whole level apart in that moment rather than consistently win tournaments. I think that's bollocks. Because I've heard he practices loads. Like He's a really hard practice. <coughs> yeah. I think that's that's like an excuse. I think it is an excuse, but what he's, what he's basically saying in there is like, I don't care if I win tournaments as long as everyone looks at me and goes, oh, he has got more talent than everybody else. To me, that seems that seems a bit bollocks. Like, but like right. during the UK Championship, they were doing one of these like things where they sit around and talk about players, and yeah. and Sean Murphy says like Judd practices like harder than anybody. Like, so. mm. I don't know about that. I think he was probably still some... maybe Sean Murphy doesn't know though. Yeah, who knows? But I think he yeah. has got the passion, and I just think it's his style of play it doesn't lend itself well for you know yeah. consistently winning. Yeah, I mean, I suppose but, at the end of the day, it's up to him, isn't it? Like if 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 he's content with what he's doing at the moment, you know, winning the odd tournament and getting to the latter stages of, of some of the big ones, then fair enough. But uh, I think he's he hints at it in that thing where he says he does he'd hate to look back in his career and kind of have regrets. But I think he will unless he unless he starts to win something. I mean, he's he's approaching thirty now. He must be. Yeah, he hasn't really got the type of game for the world championship as well. 
And that's the no. one you obviously want to win. Like, well, this is what we've said this before on this program. Like, doesn't, yeah, yeah his this style program, of play, this program that we do, his style of play doesn't lend itself well for winning. A, no. You know, something like the World Championship, where you, you know you need to play the percentages and yeah. to be a bit more measured. Well, over long matches yeah. like that, you whoever you're playing, they're always going to come back at you. You're yes. never going to blow them away. Like no. ten nil, it's very unlikely. I mean, we've said this many times, and it's the, it's the age old thing of bringing your practice game to the table. Yeah. Now this tweet from Michael Holt kind of sums it up for me, because I mean he is a great player in practice, yeah. but maybe not achieved as much as he should have. Um, it's not the losing; it's the constant underperforming that's impossible to take. Twenty years of playing well below the level I'm capable of. My career has gone okay, considering I play about as bad as I can play seventy-five percent of the time. Frustrating, disappointing, embarrassing. And then Amy Holt, presumably that's his wife. This is so funny. She just puts, pick a cue action and stick to it, you useless piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, even if that's the joke, it's a bit mean. It is harsh. Like, because a couple pick of the- a cue action and stick to it. <laughs> piece of shit. Must, I must say she didn't actually write shit. She just did the poo emoji. Yeah, but that's... So it could have been piece of poo. Well, yeah, but it means the same. Oh, that's harsh. But again, I think she is quite... Um, Acerbic. Acerbic character because a few days later he was playing and she's insinuating that he should you know he loses his first round and comes home quite quickly a lot of the time yeah so read that um uh she's put hitman holt had a match today and he's not home yet hashtag confused had to cook my dinner myself <laughs> she's so she wants him to be home because she's expecting him to be losing so it's a bit of a nasty piece of work that's all yeah get yourself a new wife mate get yourself a new snooker wife <laughs> Luca Purcell is like the only snooker hipster, isn't he? He looks so smart. The snookster. Yeah, turns up to the tournaments on a penny farthing. <laughs> Smoking a gluten-free whiffle stick. <laughs> <sighs> Have you got a light for my gluten-free whiffle stick? <laughs> yes. Uh, I will resolve the case of the missing snooker case. First of all, I will need some Wilcom Pika shoes. <laughs> These ones from the case will do. <laughs> Next, I will need a baggy shirt <laughs> to roll up the sleeves of the shirt to reveal my hipster tattoos. Hipster. Hipster tattoo and the photo of the fallen boobies. <laughs> hipster tattoo. <laughs> So then it was the UK Championship. Now, I think Ronnie winning that has kind of sealed the kind of greatest player of all time. There's no debate anymore. Uh, I don't think there really ever was any debate. Well, it's always Henry or Sullivan, but like what he's yeah. done this season, you know, at his age and stuff. Yeah. I think it's just like... It's, I mean, it's, it's, the thing for me is that it just shows that he's he's not really shown any signs of slowing down. No. Like you could easily see him carrying on at this level for another three, four years. Yeah. But, and in that time, he could... Win the lot, like. Yeah, I mean, he could he could win the uh, lot this season if he wins a Masters in the Worlds. Yeah, can't do much better than that. No. But um, his his quarterfinal match against Gould was interesting because after it, he said he did a little interview and he said, uh, "Oh, I like playing Gould because uh, my friend uh, Damien Hurst is his favorite favorite player." Yeah, I heard that. And <laughs> it just made me a laugh a bit. Like, um, Damien Hurst's favorite snooker player is Martin Gould. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah. talking of Gould, I've been watching the dark. 
Pirates yeah. uh, recently, and uh, it just sort of occurred to me, I wonder if anyone in the world has made a, a 147 and a 9 dart finish. Yeah. And then I thought, well, Gould was going to switch to darts, because he's a very good darts player. Oh, was he, yeah. And he, thought, he was thinking of going Was he going to go pro, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, I'll tweet him and find out, because he might be the only man on the planet who's done it. Yeah. So uh, I had a little tweet with him on Twitter. Do you want to read it? So I said, uh, I just tweeted him and said, have you ever done a nine dart finish as you, as you have made a 147? This would be incredible feat. And he said, no, not yet. I've been close to a nine darter, but not quite managed it. And I said, ah, keep trying. You might be the only man on the planet to have done both. And he said, my aim is to have a one hole in one in golf as well. And I've been close to that. And he said, hashtag triple crown. <laughs> but that would be incredible. That would, the Martin Gould triple crown. Yeah. Uh, you should make a little trophy. <laughs> Yeah, if it, well, if he achieves it, we'll I suppose it's only his word, isn't it? There's no one to it. verify it. I would, uh, I would never doubt the word of Martin Gould. What I like about Martin Gould is that um, I've heard that he absolutely loves snooker. Yeah. I know, obviously, he plays it, but he loves it. And like when he gets knocked out of a tournament, he'll stay till the end just to watch it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I think that's mad. Most of the others must be so sick of it. Like, well, apparently. There was a tournament in China recently, and they had uh, like a table in the shopping mall close to the venue. Yeah, just for like to entertain people and stuff. And yeah. Gould, they couldn't get Gould off it. <laughs> and, like they were like shutting them all at the end of the night. Lights off. He was still playing. So power down the lights. <laughs> 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 um, that's great. What a dedication. What a great guy. What a man. <laughs> But yes, it was the Scottish Open as well. <laughs> so many tournaments. You've got to rattle through these now. But um, talking about Chinese players, Cao Yupeng, who's never really been touted as like one of the best. Got, Played amazing, didn't he? Got to the final. Yeah. And got himself 8-3 in front. Yeah, yeah. And then had a massive meltdown. Yeah. Like, I've never seen anything like it. He just couldn't I get over the line. I watched the final. I watched, mm. I watched some of the semi-final. I didn't see the final. But um, yeah, I mean... It was sad to see. Yeah, honestly. it is sad. I mean, I can understand why, because like, he's a young lad. Yeah, he's and never got to a big He's final. obviously thinking, this is it, I'm going to win. Um, but it was just, it was incredible to see how somebody could just lose it, like physically sh- like shaking and just head in his hands and just like, he, could, yeah. he had loads of chances to win just to get over the line. Yeah. And like Robbo said, when he got the trophy, he's like, I don't know how I won this. Like, And he was yeah, just like, yeah. really sort of... Sorry yeah, I saw that interview actually, and he was, he was quite... Gracious in, uh, in victory, but Robbo. It's, it was sad to see somebody so close. Yeah. It would have changed their life. And yeah, just... I mean, it, he'll definitely, he'll he'll learn definitely from win that. one at some point. Like, oh, yeah. he's, he's, he's obviously got the game. Yeah, yeah. He got game. He got game. But there's just so many young players. Come if you like that Sonny Akani who played well against yeah. Ronnie. Oh, yeah, you give him a big scare. Did he knock him out? No, he didn't knock him out, but got close. He got just played close, really well. He? Um, obviously, Kao Yipeng, Yan Bin Tao's been playing well. Yeah. Tisalski's playing well. There's just loads. Loads of young Chinese players. Yeah. But um, interestingly, we were mocking the MC at the uh, shootout for calling them Chao Yipong. Yeah. I think it might that might be how you say it. <laughs> the, referee was calling, no. the referee was calling them Chao Yipong. And like we're probably saying all the Chinese players' names wrong. Yeah. Like, but we're not changing now. So, uh, just to change the subject, I on my television, I've got this audio description thing. Have you ever had it on your television? So it's for uh, visually impaired people. 
uh, yeah. it describes what's on the screen. It's like a really good service. You can get, <laughs> you can get it on a lot of channels. Yeah. But my telly seems to just put it on when I switch the telly on. So I'm okay. always like trying to switch it off. Right. But I thought I'll, I'll put it on and I'll watch um, the rap pack. Just to see if anything funny happens. Yeah. And it suddenly occurred to me that uh, the people just describe exactly what's on the screen. Sometimes the context of the film, uh, yeah. they they kind of miss. And that part being a film about Steve Davis. Yeah. Have a listen to this little description. Okay. Doors swing shut in front of him. In the snooker club in Romford, a suited man turns off a lamp and approaches a table where the ginger hair player is repeatedly hitting a cue ball across the green bays. Steve Davis. <laughs> the ginger haired player. The ginger haired player. That would be a good nickname for Steve Davis. The ginger haired player. The... But um, I kept it on the telly for a bit and I was watching Dragon's Den and uh, some of the descriptions on that made me laugh. Listen to this. An industrial fan revolving slowly. Phil slaps Roger on the back, then they walk off. So Neil's forehead is perspiring. Piles of 50 pound notes. A man in his 30s wearing an open neck shirt. Um, I mean, that's basically a description of, of every episode of Dragon's yes. Den, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Piles of 50 pound notes. A but, man in an open neck shirt. Neil's uh, forehead is sweating. I do like having it on sometimes because you can kind of do I like other, having it on <laughs> You can do other stuff and just sort of, you know, what's happening on the screen. But Snooklewife hates it. If you can come down to the crucible and watch snooker, you will feel so prolonged. And you can say, I was there, I did, and I don't even like snooker. Time for Venue Vitriol. <laughs> fan's favourite. Now, we usually go to the uh, Black Bull Tower Circus for our vitriol. Yeah, there's it's a lot a, there. It's a hotbed of vitriol. It's chock full of vitriol. But we're going to move over to the uh, Norbrecht Castle Hotel. Oh, also Blackpool. Uh, yeah, also Blackpool. Um, now, this is famous in the snooker world because in the 90s, when they opened the game up, anyone could just pay and become a snooker player. So right. there's like 500 like players on the tour. Okay. And what they do is they have the qualification for the tournaments in one block for the whole season. So you'd go to the Norbert Castle Hotel right. for like two weeks and you'd play like all the qualifying matches. Yeah, and you'd play like 10 rounds just to get to the venue stage because there were so many players for each uh, tournament. Okay. So it's just like so much snooker getting played. Yeah. Um, which just sounds mad now, doesn't it, to think, but... Yeah, that does sound mad. But anyway, the Norbert Castle Hotel has a hell of a lot of vitriol online for it. It's like <laughs> it seems just like an absolute hell. I mean, hole. it must be a massive hotel to have. Hosted, oh yeah, it's like, like huge. Like they have massive conferences there and stuff. Right, like, okay. They've got huge like halls and like. Yeah. So it was ideal for snooker, but uh, there's just pages and pages and pages of vitriol. So I just took a few random ones. You can read a few of them out. Smells of piss and poverty. Looks like a bomb hit. Children left unattended and pissed up parents don't supervise them properly. Don't go if you want to leave with depression. No, hang on. Don't go if you don't want to leave with depression. Staff are rude and don't give a duck. <laughs> Looks like a bomb's hat. Smells of piss and poverty. Looks like a bomb's hat. <laughs> Looks like a bomb's hip. Staff are rude and don't give a duck. I don't give a duck. 
This hotel needs a and refurb. At £69 a room, I had somebody lipstick on my duvet, <laughs> toilet handle broke, bath all chipped, wall light langing off the wall, hole in the door, overall experience, not out of 10. When I told the manager, he laughed and gave me an email address to complain. What was that line about lipstick? <laughs> it said, <laughs> I had somebody lipstick on my duvet, toilet handle broke. I think I want to write to this guy and complain about his lack of punctuation. Because uh, that's all one long sentence separated by commas. And breathe. And people need to read out these comments on a, on Venue Vitriol. So please, when you're writing some vitriol on TripAdvisor, think about the poor people who have to read them out. Yes. Punctuate. Yes. I had somebody lipstick on my duvet. <laughs> I think there's uh, one more to read out there at the bottom. The hotel seems fine when you walk into reception, but as soon as you head towards the rooms, all you can smell is damp and foist. (laughs) It's absolutely revolting. Our family room was basic. Remote for the TV didn't work, but not the end of the world. Wasn't the cleanest either. Tea and coffee facilities in the room were horrible. Take your own if you stay here. Evening entertainment was rubbish too. Full of drunk idiots, in my opinion. (laughs) Full of drunk idiots, in my opinion. Um, what's yeah. foist? I don't know. I've seen that on it's a few. I've seen that on another one. All you can smell is damp and foist. I don't know what foist is. Maybe it's a. Is it like moist? Ah, like a funky moist. Funky moist. <laughs> Get I've down s- with the funky moist. I've seen that on another little review of that hotel. Yeah. It said foist, and I was like, "Oh, foisty." The first time I saw it, I thought it was a mistake, and then it seemed- a lot of Scottish people do go to Blackpool. Maybe it's a Scottish term. Foisty. It's a foisty. Yeah, this is funny. Um, Does anyone know what's meant by a foist smell or smelled of foist? I've seen it used several times on hotel review sites, but I've never previously encountered the word in this context. Oh. No replies. Let's have a look. Is it perhaps a regional expression? I've heard of a Fausty smell. Fausty? As of a Fausty, but Fusty. Foisty was one of my grandmother's favourites. Don't know about the rest of the country, but it's quite common in the Noist East. As in, smells like a Foisty caravan. Have you ever a Fausty smell? A legend of Faust. Fusty. Fusty. Make a pact with the devil. It stinks. <laughs> Made a pact with the devil that stinks. Oh. If I could stunk the place out this morning and keep out the bog, I'd be the wee pack with the devil there. Very feisty. That's a good, it's a good, good thing to say when you come out the bog. Just made a, a wee, wee pack with the devil. <laughs> Fucking stunk Give it ten sounds minutes. Like, that sounds like Ali McManus. I've just made a wee pack with the devil there. Give it stunk. I've not seen the shim I've not seen the shim shims myself. <laughs> I've never made a pack with the devil myself, but uh, I have smelled one from a distance. <laughs> that was, uh, he was quite good, Al McManus, wasn't he? <laughs> On um, the BBC. Mm. Aye. He's <laughs> never seen the Simpsons, but he's alright on the BBC. <laughs> Can you just do some lines for me if um, Alan McManus had been cast as Terminator instead of Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> Hey, potato! I'm looking for a young man. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this wee little boy? 
I'm looking for him and his mother. <laughs> I'm looking for him and his mother. <laughs> right, I'm going to need your clothes, your boots, and your wee bike. <laughs> your wee bike? <laughs> I think I'll have a to say, I'll be back in a bit. <laughs> I'll be back in a bit, eh? <laughs> I'll be back in a sea on the other side, eh? I'll be back in a bit. I've never seen any of the Terminators. I wouldn't know a Terminator if I've I fell over one of the snooker table. I've not seen the Terminators. I've not seen Robocop. <laughs> I've not seen Predator. Um, now then, let's think of another film parody. This one, uh, it's going to be Neil Robertson stars in Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen Robocop, so you have to do the it. I can't remember any lines from it. can't remember any lines. Um, but you have seven seconds to comply. You got seven seconds, mate. You got seven seconds to comply. <laughs> you got seven seconds to supply. Um, seven <laughs> seconds to supply. <laughs> seven seconds to get high on your own supply. <laughs> okay. It's time for the Connor Langdon Memorial Competition. <laughs> I've been saving that one up. Now, the answer to last, the last podcast competition yeah. was Graham Dot, and one person got it right. And it was? It was Connor Langdon. <laughs> He's the only one e- emailed us as well. Oh, Connor. Hey, Ben and Dave. I think the answer to this month's competition is Graham Dot. I know you're devastated Willie and John are on BBC for the UK Championship, and while I do agree... I think John is one of the best commentators I watch on all my snooker on Eurosport. They have much better coverage. Still loving the show, lads. Connor. We can't go over to the dark side. We still watch on Which BBC. Is, yeah. I had to add Well, the mother said we had to go and watch it on Eurosport. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. Well, Connor, how many t-shirts has he got now? He's going to up his own shop. All right. Uh, but yeah, this is... This is uh, competition if you know email us and uh, it's just for fun now we've run out of t-shirts I'll be then I'll be then I'll be then I'll be I'll be then did you have a toy table back then I'll be 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 then any ideas well I can I can hear someone in there mm. but is it two people or just one one okay no idea well I think I've got an inkling okay you can tell me after the show I don't want to reveal it on air do I but um yes if you know that just email us and say hello Tell us the answer and ask us some questions. <laughs> That's us. all you've got to do in that order. <laughs> Hello, tell us the answer. Ask us some questions. Tell us where you're Sign from. Off. If especially if you're outside of the UK. Ooh, yes. I don't know why, but that excites me. Um, yeah, I think we should say that now. If there's anyone listening outside of the UK or the Republic of Ireland, mm-hmm. we're not bothered about if you're from Ireland. We've got plenty from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, then, yeah, send us an email. And tell us where you're from. Yes. I don't know why, I just find that exciting. People listening in like far-flung places. Yeah. What would be the best? Um, what, as further further away as possible? I think, think uh, places where like they don't really know what snooker is, like America, would be quite cool. Yeah. If there's anyone from America, send us an email. And tell us how you got into the podcast and what you like about it. And just give us praise. <laughs> Make us feel, <laughs> just feel shower good. us with praise. Yeah. Make us feel like this is all worthwhile. Oh, I know what else happened during the snooker. 
because uh, Joe Perry messed up his one four seven. Oh yeah. And Robbo did a little co- little uh, commentary thing and put on Twitter as he was watching at home. Right. Yeah. And for some reason, he's adopted your impression of him as his new voice. <laughs> Don't listen to this. Himself behind the pink. More difficult. Because he could snooker himself behind the pink. So the only shot that can go wrong. Oh no! Oh no! No! Joe! Believe it. That's horrible. That is just horrible. Oh, my mate Joe's beat me up. No! No, Joe! (laughs) That is like your impression of him. Well, I think what this proves is that my impression of him was spot on. (laughs) Oh, yeah, possibly. Well, that's the only conclusion that can be drawn. I suppose we only hear him talking. Well, your, your interpretation was that he's changed his voice yes. to match my impression of him. I think that's what's I happened. think it seems more likely that I'm doing the impression absolutely spot on. I suppose, like, your impression of him is in his sort of leisure time. I know, Jay! <laughs> and we only hear him in interviews where he's quite sort of, you know... Yes, he's been quite posh Australian. So, maybe you've got it spot on, mate. <laughs> Let's get on to what I got for Christmas. Uh, one okay. was a book of Tim Key poems. Are you aware of Tim Key? I am aware of Tim Key. I was, I, 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 I am aware of Tim Key. He, uh, I think he's very funny. Yes. So I just got this book from my mother. Got me it. My mother. And I was just flicking through it on Christmas Day, and there's a there's a snooker poem and funny anecdote. Really? I had no idea he was into snooker. Well, it was quite a surprise, and they're both really funny. Okay. Um, I'll, I can read the poem. Maybe you could read the anecdote. Okay. Uh, this is the poem. That's fair. Neil Robertson, brackets the snooker player, made eyes at Michaela Tarp, brackets the handsome referee. Ultimately, he lost patience and groped her. She resisted his advances, fending him off with a rest. He sloped back into his chair and started chugging down Highland Spring like it was going out of fashion. She tucked her blouse into a skirt and awarded Graham Dot the frame. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. But the, the anecdote's really funny. Yeah. I think you should read it out. So these anecdotes, are these like true anecdotes? Yeah, of... it sounds true. <clears throat> I was chasing a girl and got us tickets to watch John Higgins versus Anthony Hamilton at the Crucible in 1997. Our tickets were for the evening session and Higgins had won the match in the afternoon with a session to spare, so it was a bit of a letdown. In the end, they wheeled out Willie Thorne and Dennis Taylor to do trick shots and tell anecdotes about their time in snooker so they wouldn't have to give refunds to us punters. It was all right. Willie Thorne used George Best's line about spending 90% of his money on women and drink and wasting the rest. That went down pretty well. Lottie didn't know what to make of it. Watching these old timers egging each other on and me in her ear making excuses for them. On the way home, she was loath to speak to me. She said that she had felt betrayed, that she was too nice a girl to be treated like this. She was walking quickly, clutching her programme to her chest in the drizzle. I could barely keep up. I kept on yelling after her that I hadn't planned on watching those guys. I kept on shouting, I'm not a sicko! She wouldn't listen though. The tickets were for John Higgins, I kept yelling. By this stage, I was on my knees, and it was raining hard. (laughs) That's really funny. So, Richard Herring does a podcast where he interviews celebrities. 
Yes. And if you get stuck, he has this like emergency question book. Right. And he's put it out and you can buy it and bought emergency it. Emergency questions. And I thought it'd be quite good for the podcast. You can be different snooker players and I can uh, yes. ask you emergency questions. So I'll give you like a person to be. Yeah. And I'll ask you a question. A random one. Okay. It's a question. Well, I don't know. Who do you want me to be? Rob I. Rob I. Okay, let's go. Would an eternity in heaven actually be hell for you? Well, I suppose that an eternity in heaven would be kind of a hell if I didn't have my best friend Vinny, my best friend Joe, and my mum there. If I had all those three people, I think I'd have a great... And a snooker table. There's no um, Warhammer in heaven. No, Warhammer is definitely a game for hell because of all the demons and monsters. But I could make my own new game up in heaven and I'd call it uh, Angel Fun. (laughs) <laughs> and it'll all be about angels and having fun with your friends. Okay, this one I want you to be Graham Dot. Right, okay. Graham Dot. What is your favourite bridge? My favourite bridge is the first or fourth bridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great bridge. They've got paint it. Constantly painting the bridge. That's why you like it. Hey, this is us signing off once again. See you next time. Lord <laughs> <Laura> Gavins. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>